7. I'll read verse, starting at verse 33. St. Matthew chapter 27, verse 33. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Then they crucified him. I want to talk to you today from the thought, the challenge of following Jesus. The challenge of following Jesus. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you for prospering your word and the things that you sent your word to in our lives this day. Thank you for this message. Have your way now. Grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit that might minister under your anointing. Through your anointing, yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed from the lives of your people as we follow you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The challenge of following Jesus. Amen. That, that song just kind of fits right in with, with the message today. Amen. As we talk about what we believe as we follow Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> then they crucified him and as was read earlier, and you go back and read these scriptures, you read about what took place on that day that they crucified our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Looking back at the resurrection of Jesus on the cross, the things that he taught his disciples takes an entirely different perspective once you are on this side looking back. Amen. If you study the scriptures and you see yourself looking back at the cross, as opposed to the disciples who were sitting under his teaching, the disciples who were following him up to the cross, you know, even after the resurrection of Christ and after the descent of the Holy Spirit, as they looked back on the cross, things took on a different perspective. And it's my prayer that as we study the scriptures today, understanding that we're looking back at the cross, we see the different perspective that looking back at the cross should give us. And if we've never really done it, if we, if we didn't study the scriptures from the perspective of knowing what Jesus said, hearing what he taught, hearing uh, how he lived before his disciples, the examples that he set, the things that he taught. Once we get to that place that we see that and we, we're on this side of the cross and we're on this side of Gethsemane and the cross and now we look back, I pray that we see that things take on a different perspective. Uh, I was reminded as I, as I reflected over this upon just one scripture, you know, uh, when, when, you, when you see it from this perspective, you kind of, begin to put scripture, the whole Bible together and see what God was doing in Christ Jesus. You know, so, you know, last week we were able to bring in uh, uh, Abraham and Isaac when, when Isaac had to deliver up his only son. You know, um, literally speaking, even though Isaac was not killed that day on the altar, Abraham had already given him up. Had already given him up. And we see that in Gethsemane. But <clears throat> looking back, I thought about Jesus saying to his disciples and to us who would hear, if anyone desires to follow me or come after me, let him 
deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, even after we studied what we studied last week, hearing those words take on a different perspective. Because, you know, you can just join the church and say, I'm following Jesus. But you got to look at Jesus. You got to look at his life. You have to look at what he went through to really understand what it means when he says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. So as we examine thoroughly Jesus' experience in the Garden of Gethsemane and everything that follows as we read the scriptures that follow up to this, uh, the mock trials that he went through throughout the night that night and knowing that, that under Jewish law, they should not have been having trials at night. Uh, you know, the lies that they told on Jesus. Yeah, yeah. The defamation of his character. The deliberate efforts to make him out to be a liar, to discredit him and discredit his ministry. Him being beaten beyond recognition because the prophet prophesied that, that, that he was beaten so bad that we wouldn't even desire to, to, look, on, to look on him uh, uh, on his way to the cross. And then, and then the cruelty, the cruelty of his death. The cruelty of his death. And then hearing Jesus say now, if anyone desires to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Do as I did. It takes on a totally different perspective. Because we think that following Jesus is just making sure we come to church and pay our tithes. Maybe witness to somebody every once in a while or pray for people. But when you see, when you look at Jesus, when you look at his life and look at what he went through and hear him say, if you want to follow me, do what I did. Do what I did. Hmm. So contrary to what people would say, following Jesus can be a totally brutal experience. Can I get anybody to understand? Following Jesus can be a totally brutal experience. It can be brutal and will be brutal, and I, and I pray that I can communicate what I sense the Lord communicating to me. Uh, from the perspective of the flesh, it can be brutal to the flesh, okay? To the natural experience of, of human beings in terms of putting to death the flesh and the flesh's desires, Think about it. Think about it. Because most of the time, flesh does not want to die. All of the time, flesh does not want to die. Yeah. Flesh, tell yourself, flesh does not want to die. So flesh resists dying. Flesh resists everything that even looks like persecution. Flesh hates sickness. Flesh will put us in a state of depression because the doctor gave us a bad report. Flesh hates being denied. So flesh will put us in a bad position at the thought of being denied. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. It can be a brutal experience. Anybody ever, listen now, and I, I don't say this lightly, has anybody ever been depressed? And you know what depression feels like. You know it's not from God. You know it's not from God. Situations and circumstances that have come your way, many times bad, will put you in a state of, it's brutal. Depression can be brutal. Yes. Loneliness can be Brutal. Addictions can be brutal. You understand what I mean? Brutal. So, 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 so when, when we, we, we talk about following Jesus, the experiences we have to go through to really follow him can be brutal. Because it requires us to die to self. And flesh will make it seem 
so brutal. Am I making any sense? It can make it seem so brutal. If you ever ask yourself, why is this so hard? Anybody ever been in anything like that where you have to ask yourself, why is this so hard? Mm. Brutal! However, there is hope. And that hope is in the resurrection. You see, you gotta get you gotta get through the brutality of death to get to the resurrection. You know. And remember, Jesus was crucified. The scripture says, and they crucified him. The most horrible, the most cruel form of death. You know, you know, today we have people who in our society who lobby against the electric chair and lobby against um, poisoning and people, whatever poison they kill, give to kill people, you know. So let, any death sentence, thank you. Yeah, and, and so I don't know if that was the case in Rome because it was, a, it was an empire. It was ro- ro- ruled by the emperor and this was, this was their form of death. It was, it was brutal. I mean, to, to, take, to take someone and nail them to a cross. You know, to, 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 to put their feet together and drive a stake through their, through their feet and to hang them suspended on a cross until they died. You know why they broke the soldiers' legs? I mean, not the soldiers. You know why they broke the, 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 the people's legs? They broke their legs because when you're hanging out on the cross, and, and, and this, I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is, this is um, the Sabbath is the next day. Not only the Sabbath, but it's the preparation day, and you couldn't leave people hanging on the cross uh, on the Passover. So in order, while, while you're hanging out on the cross, in misery, in agony, trying to catch a breath, you, you, you would lift yourself with your legs. You, you, you kind of lift up so you can kind of breathe. And, 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 and that, that, that prolongs death. So they broke their legs so that they couldn't do that. And it would hasten death. Brutal. Brutal. You know, when I'm, when I, when, when, when I was reading this, you know, the Lord, the Lord was just ministering to me about the things we go through in our lives that seem so brutal, but, 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 but it's necessary for flesh to die. But the hope is in the resurrection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you can't get to resurrection without experiencing death. And some of you are going through death. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Yeah, you ought to thank God. Because if if flesh is dying, you're in a good place. Somebody say, I'm in a good place. (laughs) Uh, and, and, And to be sure, Jesus died on the cross. He died. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he did not go into a, coma, a comatose state. He didn't go into a coma. And then after they put him in the, in the tomb, he woke up. He actually died. You know, when you read the scriptures, when, when the soldiers broke the other two men's legs, when, he, when they came to Jesus, the Bible says they did not break his leg because he was already dead. But this was to fulfill the scripture that they did not break any bone in his body. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, we come, and I've said this before, I, I, I was doing a class on for ordination, and, and, you know, people, when they get to communion, they'll break the wafer, they said, because they broke his legs. But the Bible says they didn't break any bone in his body. Amen. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jesus, Jesus died on the cross at the hands of evil and ignorant people. They killed him. On the cross, that day, he died. Somebody say he died. If Jesus had to die, 
What about you and me? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you look at that death and you look at the agony. You look at the agony of that death. You look at the pain that Jesus went through from Gethsemane because it, it didn't just start on the cross. Gethsemane is, is a very agonizing place. He didn't to the cross. And Jesus died. And Jesus says, if you want to follow me, take up your cross. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow. Yeah. This will minister to you if you really, if you really take time to, to reflect on it. And I don't know why in, in July the Lord is having me preach an Easter message. <laughs> but the scripture's good any day. Amen. Amen. It's good any day. Sometimes we, we can't wait till a holiday that, that some man set up. We just got to preach the word. Amen. Because this is good. This is good. It's good for my soul. Amen. It's good for your soul. Glory to God. It's good for your walk in the Lord. Amen. Because this is what this is about. This is about helping us to really follow Jesus. Amen. Because for so long we've missed what it means to follow Jesus. Amen. It, 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 it's easy to come to church, y'all. It's easy to get dressed on Sunday morning. Amen. It's easy, glory to God. Amen. To press through a little bit of struggle. Amen. And a little bit of hardship and come to church and hear a good word and dance before the Lord. But dying is not easy. We fight death. We struggle against the brutality of even leading up to the crucifixion. So the Lord said, this is a challenge for my people. Amen. Yeah. Now, the wonderful thing about this challenge is that we don't have to pay the penalty for sin. Jesus already took care of that. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. He paid the penalty, you know. His death on the cross satisfied divine justice. Amen. He died for you. He died for me. He, he, he was our substitute. He's, he's taking care of something that, that we couldn't take care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we don't have to pay that penalty. So when we look at that physical death on the cross, we don't have to do that for divine justice to be satisfied. So then we understand that it's not the physical death that God is looking for from us. The Apostle Paul says, I put to death my members which are upon, they're not church members, I'm killing y'all. <laughs> Amen. I put to death these, these body parts, these thoughts, these desires. I put all of that to death. Amen. So what is this great challenge for us? This great challenge for us, and I may have said it a few moments ago because I jumped ahead of myself, this great challenge for us is to die to self. That's the great challenge for us. Amen. How many people say, that's just the way I am? Have you ever heard that? That's just the way I am. Yeah. How many of you have ever defended yourself when you were put in a challenging situation? How many of you ever went back to your old ways? And if we, if we are not careful, some of us who are real spiritual will put it on the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Spirit never contradicts himself. He says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Amen. To the pulling down of strongholds. 
So the Holy Spirit never leads me to fall out with my wife and cuss her out. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit never leads me into an argument with my wife. And vice versa. Because there's more women in here than men. The Holy Spirit never leads me to have a nasty attitude. He may lead me to have a, a, a hateful attitude towards sin. Will lead me. But he never leads me to have a nasty attitude. So death to self is, is, is a great challenge for believers. We don't want to die. Self does not want to die. And we're so influenced by the world and we so want to be accepted by the world and the ways of the world that is easy for us to say, well, the Lord will forgive me. Now, now, to be honest, we have to be careful when we condemn other people about what they do. Because you might do one thing, somebody else might do something else. So when you get ready to condemn them about what they do, think about what you do. You put death to self. You know, in that scripture that says that, 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 that you know, you, 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 you see a, a speck in somebody else's eye. You know, but you got a beam in your own eye. You know, it, it doesn't say don't judge. And I've taught, you, taught, I've taught you all this now. Stop saying the Lord didn't say, the Lord said don't judge people. The Lord didn't say that. He said get the beam out of your eye so you can see clearly how to get the speck out of someone else's eye. Because we judge every day. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I talked with a pastor about that the other day. He said, Bishop, you blessed me with that. He said, I'm going to send you an offering. I said, come on, send it to me. Because in the church world, we've used that scripture and it passed over into the world. So people today say, don't judge me. Somebody needs to judge you. Because really, the only thing they're doing is calling an apple tree an apple tree. Now, if you want to be a peach tree, then you need to go back to the Lord and ask him to recreate you. But that's out of your control. Amen. The, the flesh doesn't want to die. But, but, but to be like Christ and to follow Christ, flesh has to die. And, 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 and it's a serious challenge and it's a hurtful thing for the flesh, in the flesh, to die. Amen. Yeah. Because some, some stuff you get depressed over is because you don't want to live for the Lord. Some stuff. Somebody said, tell the truth and shame the devil. Should I, clear, should I clarify it? Don't clarify it. Oh, y'all got it. So, I think I need to clarify. So, how many folk went into a state of depression because you were in love with somebody that broke up with you and you weren't even married to the person? Sometimes they were married to somebody else. I ain't talking about outside the church, y'all. Now you can go from there. And the flesh wants to keep this stuff going. Lord have mercy. We don't like pain. We don't like emotional pain. We, we don't like spiritual pain. We don't like it. 
We don't like it. Jesus' disciples, the apostles, they struggled with the flesh. That's why they failed Jesus in Gethsemane. We talked about that. They went to sleep, the flesh. They couldn't watch with him for one hour. And they failed him. It was mental, it was a mental and a spiritual issue that they did not overcome at that point. So the struggles that we go through, the challenge to die to the flesh, many times is not physical. It is emotional and it is spiritual. We don't want to let go. But the Holy Ghost calls us to let go. But Jesus shows us a way to deal with this. You know what Jesus did? Before Jesus got to the cross, and this is why Gethsemane is so important, because Jesus had already dealt with this struggle, this emotional and this mental struggle before he reached the cross. All right? Jesus, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to use this. Amen? Jesus has, Jesus, before he got to, we, we think about the cruelty of the cross. We think about how cruel the cross was. But in Gethsemane, Jesus had already gone through the agony of what was facing him. And Jesus had already submitted himself to the will of God. He said, Lord, if this cup cannot pass unless I drink it, thy will be done. So then, even though the cross was difficult, He had already died. He had already died. So today when we, when we talk about, you know, people who give their lives for the cause of Christ, many of them have already died. I've read stories of missionaries, and I shared this with you, one group of missionaries, I think it was with Inland China, missions, when they went to Africa, they took their caskets, they packed their clothes in their caskets because they expected to die on the field. Most of us don't expect to die serving Christ. Y'all didn't get saved so y'all could die. See there, I told you. Got a loud and resounding no. Because when we come to Christ, we come to him because there is a promise that things are going to get better. And we expect things to get better. But whereas things may get better for us spiritually, it does not negate the fact that we will go through a severe trial of affliction. And many times the battle is in self. If you can fight and win the battle of self, you can submit to the will of God. That's what the battle is. That's what the battle is. All up in your mind, that's what a battle is. All in your spirit, that's what a battle is. Self. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, deny self. And it's hard to deny self Himself is still alive. Death to self. We got to get to the place where as we agonize, we get to the place that Jesus said, Thy will, Thy will be done. Another challenge for believers, a challenge for believers, is living by the Spirit of God. That's a challenge for us. First memorable experiences or memorable images of Jesus in the scripture is at his baptism. At his baptism, what happens? The Holy Spirit descends from heaven like a dove and lights on him. And then the voice of God speaks. God speaks and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit comes and, and lights on Jesus. Amen. Amen. After that, uh, we have the record that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and tested by the devil. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. Read the Gospels. Jesus was led by the Spirit. We see him living his life according to the Spirit of God. Then we hear Jesus teaching the disciples, I will not leave you comfortless. I won't leave you helpless. 
I will send a helper. And I know I'm skipping through a whole lot of scriptures, but you don't want me to be here for two hours. Amen. And we see on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended from heaven. Amen. And, 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 and tongues of fire lighted upon each one of the believers. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And daily we see them being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's one instance when they get ready to send out, I think it was Paul and Barnabas, the church came together and prayed. And the Spirit said, separate me, these two for this purpose. They sought the Spirit of God. And they were led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Every day of their lives. Then we see throughout the book of Acts, the church being led by the Holy Spirit. Then Paul says, amen, in Romans, that, 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 that there is not now no condemnation to those who are in Christ who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And then he says, and those who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. How do I get to the place where I'm led by the spirit of God? I got to get past self. Self has to die. So that now I'm yielded to the Holy Spirit. That's a challenge for believers today. That is a challenge. We are so intellectual and we are so logical and we're so reasonable that many times we don't seek the Holy Spirit to lead us. We find the logical way. We find the logical way. Even in preaching a message, the logical way is to sit down and think about what you're going to preach about and preach. Get a thought from somewhere and start preaching. The spiritual way to do it is sit down and pray and wait on God. Say, God, these are your people. What is it that you want to say? What do you want to communicate to your people? Amen. God saying just that we need to be led by his spirit, not by the flesh. It's not what we think that matters. It's what the spirit of God says. That's a big problem in the church because people want to bring you ideas. And they don't necessarily, they have not necessarily been led by the spirit of God. We must be led by the Spirit of God. It's a challenge for us, but we have the record that it can be done. Amen. Amen. We must be led, and we must teach our children to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. We have to teach our children to sit and pray. Amen. And when you finish praying, don't just get up and go. Sit down and wait to hear the Lord speak. Because we need to be led by the Spirit of God. Never be led by your own mind. God says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Seems right. Seems right. God, I don't want to go by what seems right. Have you ever gone by what seems right? Every time you go by what seems right, you seem to mess up. Seems right. And you definitely don't want to be led by your flesh because your flesh will mess you up. That's why flesh needs to die. Somebody say flesh needs to die. And I need to submit myself to the spirit of God. Last challenge. Amen. For living, for us living uh, life as children of God. The last challenge and probably a whole lot more. But the last thing the Lord gave me to share with you is uh, it's a challenge for us to live life fulfilling the mission of God or the mission of Christ. It's a challenge for us. Why y'all get quiet? If it were not a challenge for us, this church would be full. If it were not a challenge for us, every church in the United States would be full. Why? Because every disciple would be making disciples. And we wouldn't be trying to bring people in with gimmicks and schemes to excite them. It's a challenge for us to fulfill the, 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 the mission of Christ. When you look at Jesus' life, because Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, you've got to follow me. 
When you look at Jesus' life, his life was dedicated to fulfilling the mission of God. His whole life was dedicated to fulfilling the mission of God. When you look at Jesus' life, when you hear the words of Jesus, even in Gethsemane, when he says, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Lord, if there is another way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. That meant that Jesus was dedicated to fulfilling the will of God. It's a challenge for us to live a life fulfilling the mission of God because we will look for another way. Somebody, I'll tell you what we call it, the easy way out. We will look for the easy way out because we don't want to suffer. Amen. We don't. And that's human nature. But are we to be led by human nature or be led by the spirit of God? Amen. In John chapter chapter 17, amen, verses 1 through 4, listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus, in, in, as he prays for himself first and then prays for his disciples, Jesus says, uh, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. As you've given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you've given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Chapter 17 of John. As Jesus is coming to the end of his life and the end of his ministry, Jesus says, I've done what you told me to do. Amen? What you've given me to do is finished. When he hangs on the cross, he's hanging out on the cross. Amen? And, and in his agony, in his suffering, in his pain, he, 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 he cries out and they offer him vinegar, and, 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 and water mixed together, vinegar and wine. And he refuses it. Then he says, it is finished. His life was, was lived fulfilling the mission of God. We, the church developed a song that says 99 and a half. Your whole life. Your whole life has to be lived. And it's difficult for us to figure that out and maneuver through what it is to live our entire lives on the mission for Christ. Are you living your life on mission? So Jesus challenged his disciples in Matthew 28. He said, all the power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go and teach all nations. How many nations on the face of the earth? God, we don't have cars. We don't have airplanes. We don't have the internet. We don't have radio. We don't have television. But the challenge is to go. That means everywhere you go, you live your life on mission. That's a challenge for us because we're not raised that way. So we get converted. And this, is this back on? I guess it's not. Amen. We get converted and then there's this mixture in our lives where we, 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 we want to follow our career. We want to we get married. We want to have children. We want to do all of these things. But we don't learn that through all of that, our lives should be and can be lived on mission. So that my career is a mission for God. My marriage begin, becomes a mission for God. Amen. Let, let me say for those young, young people in here who are not married yet, you have to make sure that the person you're marrying is on the mission for the Lord too. Because 
Because before, after you get married and you find out they're not on the same mission you're on, that's a, that's a tough road to hoe. It's tough. I went to my garden the other day and it was hot and dry and there was some grass growing up. I just gave up because it was tough. I got the weed eater and I went back out there and started cutting down that grass because I couldn't hoe it. Amen. It's a tough road to hoe when you marry someone who is not on the same mission that you're on. And when you haven't died to flesh, you can hear the teaching and you still go and make the same foolish mistake. Somebody say, I knew better. <laughs> Why did a lot of y'all say that? If you didn't fit your shoe, if you, that shoe didn't fit your foot, don't wear it. Amen. So then my life, my, my family, my children, amen, my, my first mission field was my son. My first evangelistic experience was my son. Well, maybe I better not say it like that because I was older when I got married. <laughs> but you understand my point. Amen. That, that, that we live our lives on mission. Fulfilling the mission of Jesus Christ. Amen. That, that, that if you're not witnessing at home, it becomes difficult for you to witness in the street. Your, your ministry starts at home. Your preaching starts at home. Your prayer life starts at home. Amen. So Jesus challenged his disciples, everywhere you go, this is now your life. You live it on mission for me. He didn't promise them comfort. Amen. He did not promise them the comforts of the world. As a matter of fact, he told them, in the world you will have tribulation. I mean, Jesus was quite clear. He told them they would suffer. And then he demonstrated suffering. He demonstrated suffering. Do you ever go back and read those scriptures? Not just in church on Sunday. Amen. Just go back and read those scriptures. The other week when we, when we studied this in Bible study, now we're getting ready on Wednesday night to go a little bit further in this and look at the way they treated Jesus. I mean, spitting on him. Beating him with rods. I mean, I mean lying on him. Belittling him. Mocking him, laughing. How many of you like to be laughed at? Unless you're a comedian. How many of you won't like being mocked? Nobody. Look at what he went through. And Jesus, so he demonstrated to them that he was going to suffer. Letting them know that if you're going to follow me, and this is a challenge for Christians today. We live in such a comfortable world. Amen. When the last time you slept on the floor? Somebody slept on the floor lately. Nobody. Wow. Nobody. Nobody. When's the last time you slept outside under the stars? Nobody in here. Jesus didn't promise us these comforts. He didn't promise us. Think about it, y'all. He didn't promise us these comforts. He says, seek first my kingdom and his righteousness. Then these things will be added to you. But he did not promise you that your life was going to be free of suffering. He didn't promise us his disciples. Then when you look at that testimony, when I read Revelation chapter 12, uh, verse 11 in particular, but 10 and 11, then it, it kind of it, is a testimony to these early disciples. Because it says, as it talks about them, they loved not their lives. He said they overcame their enemy, the evil one, by the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb, but they loved not their lives even unto death. The reason that living life on mission for Christ is a challenge for us is that we love our lives. We love our comforts. We love our comforts. We love flipping the switch and the light comes on. 
We love just turning the, turning the switch and the heat and the air come on. Heat in the winter, air in the summer. We love our comforts. If you all had to walk to church this morning, even if you walked to a church in your neighborhood this morning, some of you all would have stayed at home. We love our comforts. But Jesus didn't promise us that this was going to be comfortable. Think about it, saints. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm just telling you what Jesus told us. Because sometimes we don't tell people the truth. We tell people that every, when you come to Christ, everything is going to be fine. Everything is not going to be fine if you follow Jesus. Everything in this life is not going to be fine if you follow Jesus. In the spirit realm, it will be well. The Lord will reward you. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will, will, everything won't be bad, but you're going to have some bad days in your life. You're going to have some struggles in your life. So what Jesus, what, what, when, when I read Revelation chapter 12, amen, the focus there was, was, was not even on the warfare that they were going to go through. All right? Listen to me now. Because if we're not careful, we will get focused on our struggles. And we will talk about how difficult life is. We will talk about what we're going through. And we will cry over what we're going through. But they don't even focus on the struggle. The focus is on how they overcame and how they were victorious. They loved not their lives. Even unto death. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Yes, you're going to go through. Yes, you're going to have difficulties. That is no secret. But there's a way to overcome through the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. They carried the gospel message in spite of being persecuted. They carried the gospel message at the risk of their lives. They carried the gospel message in the midst of being persecuted, in the midst of being lied on. They advanced the kingdom of God at the risk of their lives, at the very cost of their lives. They, my brothers and sisters, their lives were about fulfilling the mandate of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hear the Lord say, it's time for his church to wake up and be about fulfilling his mandate. We know Jesus will not return until this gospel has been preached to every people group on the face of the earth. So what part do we play in it? What part do we consciously give to seeing that this gospel is preached to every people group? Apart from us coming in on Sunday morning and praying for the nations, and some of us yet don't understand why we do that, what part do we play? What part do we play? So when I look at this and I look at Christ and I hear what the Lord says, I understand that a challenge of following Jesus is that I'm not going to be comfortable in this life. That's, that's not an easy thing to, to get used to after you've been comfortable. It's not about my comfort. It's not about me feeling good. It's not even about me being healthy all of the time. Y'all looking at me strange. Let me change this because you might be thinking I'm talking just about me. I'm talking about you. The bishop is talking about me. Amen. When, when, when I understand the challenges that face us as believers today, and you know, I know we're getting ready to go to Liberia, and, 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 and it's not going to be like being in the United States of America, but even in going to Liberia, that's not the most uncomfortable place in the world. So I prayed, Lord, I want you to lead me to some places that are tough places where the gospel has never been preached. You know, it's easy to go on a mission trip and stay in a hotel. Some of y'all won't go unless you know you're staying in a hotel. It's more difficult when you stay in a village. When you got to go and use the toilet, the outdoor toilet. Some people will not go because it's too challenging, too, too uncomfortable. You want to eat Burger King and there's no Burger King in the village. There's no McDonald's in the village. When I look at this, 
And I think about the challenges of following Jesus. I understand that being a follower of Jesus Christ is not about me living the American dream. It's not. And some of us will work tooth and nail. We'll work two and three jobs so we can have things in this life. We will skip worship. We will skip Bible study so we can live the American dream. Skip things. We'll put things on the back burner. And not only work two and three jobs, won't pay your tithes after you work those two or three jobs. But life, life, it's not about me living. If I'm going to follow Jesus, the only dream I need to follow is the commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ that one day I'll see his face. One day I'll hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Come up high, I'll make you rule over many. Being about Jesus, being a, being a follower of Jesus is not about me having the best of everything in this life. When I read the scripture, it says birds have nests, foxes have so, uh, holes, the son of man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. I understand that following Jesus does not mean that I'm going to have the best of everything in this life. But we're here in America that teaches us that this is what it means to be a Christian. You're not going to suffer. You're not going to have heartaches. If you believe the word and you have faith and you stand on the word of God and you speak the word of God, you will not have trouble in your life. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation. Yeah. God says, don't love the world, nor the things of the world. Everything that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father. Is of this world. And this world is passing away. It's passing away, saints. It's passing away. So every day, every day, the Lord is challenging us to follow him. If you will be my disciple, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Follow. Follow me. Follow. Follow me. Think about it. It's not easy. But you have a helper. It's not easy. But when you make up your mind, Lord, your will be done. That's a crucial place right there. That's a crucial spot. That's a crucial crossing point. Your will be done. Some cups are not going to pass unless you drink it. Let's stand.